ahead and pull out your Bibles as we uh, get going this morning. Anybody have a good week? Yeah, okay, all right, all right. If you're new with us, we believe church is a participation sport, so we like to talk back and forth a little bit. Open up your Bibles. Uh, you should have a Bible like we talked about earlier. It should be on your seat if you don't have one in your phone or if you didn't bring one or anything. Open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to spend a good deal of our time this morning. The stand is a little crooked, but that's okay. I'm not worried about it. Okay, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, because we didn't have church last week, I do know of at least one person who came here. Didn't get the memo. Sorry about that. Hashtag get Labor Day off, right? We started a series two weeks ago. We had the first message in our series. We're calling this series right now, hashtag church. Hashtag church. Anybody? All right, anybody, anybody hear that message? Anybody, anybody okay with the series? We're talking about hashtag church, and uh, the reason we're talking about that is because uh, we want to dig into this question together. What is church? What are, what are, what are we doing here? <laughs> what is this church thing? Some of you grow up, grew up in church. Some of you didn't grow up in church. Some of you have different experiences with church, and church can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And really, in our culture, and I've noticed this in my, my generation, in a social media millennial world, church becomes a hashtag pretty easily. What I mean by that is, you all know what a hashtag is. You throw it on the kind of the, the end of your post, your social media post, when you're posting a picture about what's going on in life. You use different hashtags at different times for different reasons. Basically, you're just throwing something onto the end of your post that adds to the bigger picture of your post. And in our context, the bigger picture of your life, church can become just a hashtag that when it fits with the bigger picture, we use it. And it looks great, and that's awesome. But if it's not really fitting with the bigger picture of what's going on, then we just leave it off. And that's how we see church. But we talked... A few weeks ago, we started off saying, well, if church is just a hashtag, then yeah, let's treat it as one, but maybe there's something more. Maybe there's something more to church. And we dug through the Bible, and we talked about how church isn't just a hashtag. Church is actually the bride of Christ that we read in Ephesians chapter 5. God actually looks at the church, the people that make up the church, and he sees us as his, his bride. I mean, that's very different than a hashtag. I see my wife differently than I see a hashtag. Amen. <laughs> So we're digging in this together. So that's, that's kind of what we've covered so far is that church isn't just a hashtag. Church is, church is actually the bride of Christ. And this week I want to title this message, write this at the top of your page or the top of your phone. Uh, we take notes in church. Uh, this week's title is hashtag winning. Winning. That's what I want to title us this morning. Winning. Anybody like winning? Winning feels awesome. If you don't know what hashtag winning means, just take a look at this kid and you realize, yep, anytime you feel like that, 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 is, that is winning. That's what it feels like to be winning. We love winning in our lives. Like you feel like this when you like flip the perfect pancake, right? You, you flip it and it lands perfectly. It's like, oh, winning, you know, it's great. Or, or you hit every green light on a road or, or, or your kid takes a really long nap, right? I mean, just praise the Lord, we're winning. When these things happen, you are winning. And obviously we all love winning, but if we're honest, we may be a little bit more familiar, familiar with failing, if we're honest about some of these things. Like, it feels good to flip the perfect pancake, but more often than not, you try to flip it and it lands half on, you know, like a half and half, and it just 
doesn't work, you know, and most of the time you hit a lot of red lights, and sometimes you think your kid's taking a long nap, and then you go in there, and there's actually, they've just been playing with their own feces in bed for a while, and you're like, no, that is not what I thought was happening, that's not what we're going for here, I, maybe we've been there, maybe I've been there, maybe I haven't. And as much as we love winning uh, and we love to feel like this dude, sometimes in life, life actually hits us a whole lot more like a fail than a win. Amen, anybody? So sometimes the, the opposite of winning can, can look a little bit like this. I want you to enjoy this for your own viewing pleasure. Just to wrap up what life might feel like most of the time. Oh, that's, that right there is the worst. You ever go for the high five and all of a sudden your boyfriend, girlfriend holding hands and it's just... No. Oh, man, that's the worst. Man, I don't know about you. I could watch videos of like that for hours. And maybe I have. Maybe I did to find that video. I'm not going to tell you. But when it comes to church and what we're talking about, I think church is one of those things that, like, especially if you grew up in church or if you grew up in a, in a house that, that valued church at all, like, you know church should feel like this kid. Like, church should be a win, and you're like, I should be pumped about church, and this is awesome. But if we're honest, I think a lot of times maybe it feels a little bit more like those awkward high fives, <laughs> right? Can we all be on the same page there? Right there, it's out there, okay? We all have not had a great experience with church. Our church isn't always awesome. We don't always think about church, get up on Sunday morning and do what this kid's doing. Like, yes, it's time for church, <laughs> Sometimes it feels a little bit, a little bit different. Instead of church being a, a winning experience, a lot of times maybe we have more experience of it being a, a fail experience. We haven't had a good experience with church or a bad experience with Christians or we went one time and it was boring or I don't really know, maybe, I don't know where you're coming from on church. But when it comes to church, it brings up this bigger question. What, what does it mean to like, how do we know if we're on the right track here? Like, when, when is church actually working? Like, what, I don't know how many, time, how many different ways we could say it. Like, what is successful as a church? Or how do I know if I went to church and it went well? Like, is that, because we all have our preferences and we have our opinions and we have our different tastes about different things. We, we, we all come to the table with a lot of different angles, you know, and so the question is, with all of our different angles and all this kind of stuff, what does it mean for us to like be winning as not even just a church, but as, as the church, as Jesus' church? And we're going to switch the graphics so it's a little less distracting. We're going to stare at that dude now. I had you open up the 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 was written by a guy named Paul who wrote a lot of the New Testament God used him to write a lot of the New Testament, and he planted a whole bunch of churches, and one of them that he planted was, was uh, called the Corinthian Church. It was in Corinth, and he wrote a few different letters, one of them being 1 Corinthians, and he wrote this letter to the Corinthians because they were a new church. They, uh, had, Paul had come to them, and he had preached the gospel, and they had received it, so a bunch of people had just started following Jesus, but then he left and started to go plant other churches, and he started getting word of some really funky things that were going on in the Corinthian church. And basically, what happened was they were all trying to figure out how to follow Jesus, figure out how to do this church thing together, and uh, they, were, they were making a mess of it because they were trying to answer this question, like, what is this supposed to be like? 
How is this supposed to work? And so you had all kinds of different things uh, coming up. Some of them uh, were just a little bit strange, and some of them were straight up really bad. And uh, if you read Corinthians 1 through 11, you start to read some weird stories about some things going on in their church. And it starts making you realize if you ever had a bad experience in church, it might not have been quite as bad as what the Bible even had going on. But the Corinthian church, they're just trying to figure it out. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing them to answer this, to answer this question. This is what it looks like to be a, a church. This is what it looks like when church is winning, when you know, you're, you are, when you know you're winning as a church. So we're going to read a, a big chunk of verses here, verses 12 to 27. Can we do that? Okay, so if you have like a hard copy Bible in your hand, get a, get a pen out. You have an assignment. We're going to read a, a, a lot of verses here. So... Uh, to help, help you follow along, everybody needs to underline something. There's going to be something in here worth underlining, all right? Underlining, underlining, underlining. Everybody got a pen? Okay, that's your assignment. Everybody underline something. We got our Bibles out. It's going to be good. God's going to say something to you in his word that just might change your life forever. Amen? So we get our pens out because we don't need to just wait for me to try to say something. What if God's going to say it right here or right now? And with that anticipation, <laughs> we look at our Bibles. So, starting in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, Paul says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Everybody say many parts, but one body. There you go. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. In other words, we put clothes on things we need to cover, right? <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> I mean, everybody's doing well I can, as far as I can see, but just that's what he means by all that. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be there. Yeah, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We made it. In other words, Paul is just saying, you're going to be winning. Let me compare it to a body. A body, not when everybody all looks the same but when everybody comes together and is playing their part. So in order to help me illustrate this, I've invited my lovely assistant, Meredith, to come up this morning. Um, she's going to need some help. Oh. She needs to be carried by strapping young men. Chad and Chris, everybody. Wow, where is she? All right. This is Meredith, everybody. Can you welcome Meredith this morning? Meredith doesn't get a welcome. Can you welcome Meredith this morning? 
This is Meredith Mannequin. Thank you for being here. Talk about awkward, carrying her through the mall. Shout out to Anthropology for letting us borrow. Shout out Anthropology, send me free stuff for my wife. There we go. So I think we're all asking a lot of questions when it comes, when it comes to church and when, when is this winning? When is church working? When is church, uh, when is it what I, when, when is it being what it should be? Like even for me or for us, how does this all work? Like is it a win when I enjoy it? Is, a, is it a win when it fits into my schedule or when I like the pastor? Like if he's my style or if the worship music is my style or when we get to a certain size or place or all these sorts of things. And there's all of these questions. Like is it a win when I walk in and we're all best friends right away? How do I know when church is winning? And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, God does what he often does with his word when uh, he's addressing a question in our life. And that is that he, he gives us a perspective rather than like a formula, which I don't know about you, but can kind of get on my nerves sometimes. Like I wish sometimes the Bible had more formulas about like just do these 10 things, check them off, and then it's like you hit a home run. But that, alas, is not how it always works. So God is trying to shape our perspective here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So he starts off right off the bat in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, comparing the church to a body. And he says the body, uh, the church is like a body. There's a bunch of different parts here, but all the different parts together make up the whole. And no one part is sufficient in and of itself. And no one part can even actually do what it is made to do by itself. They all, all the parts don't look the same. They all have different functions. He says some, sometimes there's parts of the church. There's, in other words, there's people in the church or there's gifts in the church. There's elements of the church that, that are more on the outside that everybody can see. And then there's some that are more on the inside that you can't see, just like the body, just like our clothes. He starts describing that the church is actually like a body. And so when he's describing church, he wants us to kind of, in not a weird way, what is church? Picture Meredith. This is church right here. But if we start asking, what do you think of when you think of church? Most of you don't think of Meredith, you know, for good reasons, but bear with me on the illustration here. Most of you aren't really, most of us don't really think of a body. Most of us think of more like maybe this picture, more of a building, right? There's a picture coming. There it is. <laughs> When we think church, we think a lot more about this kind of thing than this kind of thing, right? And that's okay. We're in a building right now. We do church and all that kind of stuff. But as it relates to what we're talking about, if, if, if church is just, if, if all we think about is, is a building, then it's pretty easy for church to just kind of become that hashtag thing in our life that we throw on when it works. But if church is more like a body, and, and when we come together, we start working like a body, and every one of us brings our, our part to play, and we can't do it alone, but I need what you bring, even though we're different and look different and sound different and fit different places. If all of a sudden this is supposed to operate like a body, that's way cooler than a once-a-week meeting in a building. And this is what the perspective that God is trying to get at with the people in the church of Corinth because they had kind of started to make this show and they had tried to build it around certain people and certain elements to say church is when you can do all the super spiritual stuff in front of everybody or, or when you get what you want but we just say you can do whatever you want but then it's like oh Jesus is good he forgives us so let's live however we want and he's just doing all these different things but he's saying no it's actually not about just you it's about you working together to be us 
so we can be the body of Christ. And I wonder if the perspective that we need to have, if the definition we need to have is a little different. Maybe church isn't so much about a building. Maybe it is more about a body. Maybe it's more about a body and that we all have a place, we all have a place to fit. We all have a place to, to fit. Paul goes on and he says that, you know, we've got hands and we're just going to pretend she has arms because that'd be more helpful. Hey, I've been pumped about this illustration for like three weeks and then I got sick for like the last three days and so we're making it work. So use your imagination to fill in the gaps, amen? <laughs> so Paul goes on and he just starts to paint this picture like we've talked about. Everybody's got a different part to play um, as a part of the body. Sorry, lost my place. So when we start talking about, let's leave that building up. When we start talking about church in our lives, the, the thing is that I, I, as I think about it, when I think about my generation and even people in my life, friends that I have, uh, for me in my life, a lot of people in, in my world growing up, uh, yeah, my world growing up, a lot of people went to church. Church was like a thing that we did. That was kind of my world. I don't know what it was like for you, but in my world, it was like, yeah, you go to church. That's what families did. That was just kind of the circles I ran in. It wasn't always, not, I didn't really know that many people that liked it a whole lot, but it was just what we did. We went to church. But now, as I've grown older and uh, my generation has kind of gone through college and uh, after college and families and jobs and all that kind of stuff. It seems like a lot of people are leaving church. A lot of people are leaving church and just kind of leaving it behind. They've kind of grown out of it or it was a thing of the past or it was what it was. And, 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 I, and I ask myself a lot of the time this question because, like, for me, I grew up in church, uh, but then I actually started following Jesus in college and I fell in love with the church. But most people I know never loved the church and just want to leave the church. So what... What's going on here? And I think that the reason that a lot of people in our lives don't want anything to do with church is because they think more about this than they do of this. And for a lot of us, I think maybe when we think about church, we think that church is actually about leveraging, leveraging these people to make these buildings and these programs and all of these sorts of things. And I don't know about you, but, but me personally in my generation, like we want to be part of something better than that. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I don't think that most people are really looking to be used for something, right? They're like, because what I love about Paul saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is, is he's, he's saying a very different perspective than I think that maybe a lot of us have, ever, have had on church, that, oh, he's talking about a body and all this kind of stuff. But, but the truth is, I think that a lot of people are walking around and they know that this is true. They maybe just don't have words for it and haven't ever really seen it work very well. Here's what I mean. This body is made up of a whole lot of different parts. And I think that uh, there's a lot of people walking around that know that they're like made for something, right? I think most people are walking around knowing that they were made for something. They were made to serve a purpose. They were made to be a part of even something bigger than themselves. They, there's a lot of people, and maybe you're here this morning, and you know, like, wh even whether you're following God or not, like, you've got this sense, or, and people have this sense, I think, that's like, I, I've got something to bring, you know? And, and if you look at the millennial generation, like, we've gotten a bad rep for it because we kind of take it to the extreme most of the time, which isn't like, oh, I have something to give. It's like, I have the thing to give. When's everybody going to notice me? Like, nobody understands me. Why am I not, like, in charge of everything right now? I'm the best, you know, whatever. But it, regardless of how it comes out, it's kind of all the same thing, right? Like, yeah, I, I was made for something. 
I have something to bring. Like, I have a gift. I have a talent. I have something unique about me. I think a lot of people are walking around, they know that. And, and when church becomes a building, what is their gift or their, whatever it is that they're carrying, what does that have to do with a once a week program, you know, where one person gets up on stage and talks on a microphone. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are we even doing here? And this is what I think God is trying to point out. He's trying to point out that in our world, in our society, maybe you in your life right now, he's saying that in so many of our lives, churches become this thing that we like keep at arm's length, right? We like keep it at arm's length because uh, it makes us feel guilty or we had this experience or that experience or or when we're trying to find a church, maybe we're trying to find a church and it becomes, we're just asking a lot of questions and we test things out and see if we like this or that or all that sort of thing. We're keeping things at arm's length and it feels like there's this thing in our heart, like there's this gap that's never connecting, that we're still, that we're not quite connecting that thing we're no, that we know we should be connected to because we're looking for it out there. And I just wonder if maybe this whole church thing, this church thing, like the Bible's definition of this church thing, that the world is keeping at arm's length might just be the one thing that we were all actually made for. I wonder if maybe the thing sometimes in our own lives that we're keeping at arm's length is actually what we're looking for. I think this is what God's trying to get at in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. To say that when we think about church, we've got to think about the body. We've got to be a people that learn how to value one another, that value how to dig deep into each other's lives and see, you know, like he says, the hand and the foot here, like they look really different. They operate really differently and they may not even get along real great. Like your hand and your foot don't interact a whole lot, but they need each other, right? Because your hand really wants to do something. And there's a lot of people in this world that want to do something, but we're flopping around like hands, just hands. And we can't get anywhere because we're not connected to any feet. But all of a sudden, we start coming together with people that are different than us, and the hand starts getting where it needs to go, and the foot was there but couldn't do anything, but now that the foot and the hand are together, they can get there and do something. And God's saying, this is my church. This is my church, because it's not just a body, it's the body of Christ. This is crazy to me. I think that this, and at least for me in my world, like I, I started thinking about this even just a couple years ago, like the body of Christ. And I was like, wait a second. I've heard that phrase my whole life. But what if God's actually trying to say like the body of Jesus? What if that's not like a church cliche? What if God looks at us and says, you guys are my flesh and bone on planet earth? That's radically different concept than I ever thought of whenever I've been in church. What if it's not just like, oh no, it's, it's like a body, but like, no, you really are the body. Like when you step into somebody's life and you like, do you, you just when you show up, like that's God saying, that's me. You really, you, you, you showed up. Or when you guys show up together and you, do, you work together to pull some things off, like what if that wasn't just a group of people doing nice things? What if like, that was God? And what if we started seeing each other, not just not as a building, and not even just saw each other as a body, as like a metaphor, but what if we realized that when we gave our lives to Jesus, we became part of his flesh and bone, part of his representation to the earth, what if this meeting on, on a Sunday morning was something that we all came into and thought, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I need to come to this because I need to see Jesus. And I'm, I, I might feel something, I might not, all that kind of stuff. But when we come together, I'm gonna, that is the experience of God. And then the same thing at Life Group. And then you go to your workplace or you go into your family or you're, you're, you're trying to give discipline to your kids and you're realizing like, oh, maybe this isn't just about pulling something off, but what if I'm the presence of God right now to this person? Like that's who you're called to. That's, that's what you're called to be in your life. The point this morning is not to talk about like buildings are bad and bodies are good and we should never, like, we're in a building, I'm thankful for that. I think buildings are awesome. I want our church to have a building and I want it to be really huge because huge buildings fit a lot of these. And these matter a lot to Jesus, right? And when a bunch of these come together and start building a relationship and get equipped by this, then they leave these and they go out to other places and meet more of these who are feeling disconnected from the, the God of this because they're walking around knowing I've got something to give, but I just can't find the thing that I've gotten connected to. I, I, I do the work thing, but I, and work is awesome, but like there's got to be something more. And it's like, yeah, you need the people of God in your life encouraging you into what you're called to and work. Like, I, I know so many, is this, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying here? <laughs> The point isn't about the buildings and the bodies. The point is, what if we saw each other the way that God is encouraging us to see one another? And God is trying to get into our definition of church. Maybe it's more than a, a once-a-week thing. Maybe it's actually not so much about coming together and having a building, but what if it is about being part of the body? You have a part to play. And if you don't see the church as a body, then you may never see that you have a part to play. And I want to encourage you this morning to open up your eyes and open up your heart to allow God in to say, Lord, what is, what is the part that I have to play in my life? So we talk about this body, we talk about all these different parts, and the thing about Meredith is Meredith has all of these parts, most, she's got most of her parts, you know, but let's pretend that she's got all of her parts. Meredith has all these parts, and she's packed full of potential, but Meredith has a big problem. Anybody see what Meredith's biggest problem is? Maybe there's a lot, but what's her biggest problem? She's got no head. She's got no head, and that's, that's a problem for Meredith, because Meredith has all this potential, but nothing's going to get done. Because she doesn't have a head. And when we talk about being the church and, the, and being the body and having all of our parts together, we can fall into the same trap if we're not careful as Meredith has fallen into. But we come together and we bring everything that we have, but we've got to be unified under one head. And Colossians 1.18 says this. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. When we think about church, as we dig into church, when we think about being a winning church, my prayer is that not only would we be a body that comes together where we are a space where everybody can bring what it is they have to bring, where everybody can bring their strengths and bring their weaknesses, and we can cover each other's weaknesses and glean from each other's strengths and all of these sorts of things, but the potential of the church isn't going to be unlocked just when we bring the parts together. And we're, we, have to be one committed, we have to be committed to each other, but we also have to be submitted to Jesus. And I don't know 
if you've ever done this in your own life, I know I have, and I, I know that this is kind of seems to be a trend uh, that, that I see as I talk with people is like we think about church and when we think about what's the head of the church, what's the most important part of the church, like we can put a lot of things up here that uh, aren't Jesus, basically. And I think sometimes we can try to put the hand and say like, you know, our cause, our social cause, like that's the most important thing. That, that's what this is all about. Or, or the, the feet, like I'm trying to, like we gotta go somewhere. We gotta like be doing a bunch of stuff, you know, and, and that's, all, that's a great thing, but in the wrong spot, it doesn't make all the sense in the world, right? And, or sometimes we put, like, our feelings up here. I don't know where that would come from. Maybe the guts right here. I don't know. We put our feelings up there, and it's like, man, when I feel God, like, that's when I know that this is going well, but sometimes I don't feel God. I don't know. I mean, sometimes I don't feel God, and so when I don't feel God, like, is this, am I actually part of anything? Is he actually there? Does he see me? Does he hear me? And how are we doing here? We, we can put all these things at, at the head, but this verse, it says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church, that in everything he might be preeminent. And the fact is that as far as the church is concerned, in our own personal lives, until Jesus is preeminent, until he is first and foremost in absolutely everything, nothing's going to start making sense. And my dream and my prayer for us as a church is that we would be a people that come together, that we bring all of our parts and we are committed to one another and we are submitted to Jesus. So that when we come together and we give what we have to give, it starts to make sense and it takes on a unified direction because we're following one head. And when we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that this Bible, who he, that he is what this Bible says that he is, that that I can't do it on my own, that you can't do it on your own. Maybe the church could be what God has called her to be. Maybe we could see it happen when we all come together and we commit to one another and we become submitted to Jesus. We just might see this whole thing start operating and interacting with a broken world with the power of God. I think that's what a winning church looks like. I don't think a winning church has a whole lot to do necessarily on the surface with the building that it's in. No, that's awesome. Or when the band does this or that, which is awesome. Or when this or all these sorts of things happen. And we all have our preferences and opinions. And I think that a lot of times those reflects our strengths, right? And our gifts. And that's awesome. And that's why we need to bring them to the table. And when we bring those together and we submit to Jesus, we just might see Meredith come alive, right? We just might see the church come alive. And a broken world that's been looking at buildings this whole time and saying, like, that's God? Maybe they can start looking at some bodies and say, oh, wow, that's God. I think I know some people who could use a fresh look at what Jesus is really like. Anybody else? I want to invite you to stand as we get ready to close this morning. I know I just told you to stand, but if you have your notes still, I want you to write something down. Sorry, my brain's all over the place. Like I said, I've been in bed for two days, so <laughs> thanks for bearing with me this morning. I want you to write down a few questions uh, to ask, ask God this week for yourself, because this is great. We can talk about a message and all these sort of things, but um, I know I'm all over the place this morning, and so let's go and spend some time with God together. I want you to write down these questions. God, what part have you made me to play? What part have you made me to play? That's a great question to ask God. Probably has a lot to do with what you're passionate about, what you're strong in, 
And it doesn't just mean, I'm not saying ask God what part you have to play on a Sunday morning at church. I'm saying, God, what have you put inside me? God, what part have you called me to play? It's probably, if, you're, if you got some kids, it's probably gonna have something to do with them. Probably something to do at your workplace, something, something awesome. Second question is, God, who do I need to connect with? Who do I need to connect with? He's gonna help you get clear on what you've been made for, but you can't be who you're made to be without also being connected with people you're supposed to be connected with. Who do I need to connect with is number two. And number three is how do I put you first in what you've called me to? How do I put you first? I know these questions seem so basic, but it might just be a great place to make some room for God to speak into your life. We do that. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to uh, worship. And as we worship, I just want you to invite God to speak to your heart um, right now. And uh, even just set these questions on the table as we, as we worship one more time. And, and the last thing is that just let this, these few minutes to be a, a, a time of prayer. If you don't want to ask those questions right now or whatever, let's, just, let's be a people that believe for the church to come together, for the church to be the winning church that God's called us to be. We would be a people that come together, that submit under God and come alive and that the, that the world would see what Jesus is really like through us. Amen? Let me pray for us. Jesus, we love you so much and uh, we thank you for who you are this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for calling us together to be your body. Lord, I thank you for every part that you have given us to play. Lord, I thank you that each person has something of value to bring. I pray, Lord, that you would wake up uh, us as a church, as individuals, to be everything you've called us to be, and that we would step into those roles and keep you first in our life. Would you fill us, Holy Spirit, as we end our time together worshiping you. In Jesus' name, amen.